Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Is This Music, a podcast about the mysteries of musical taste, why we love the music we love and hate what we hate. My name is Malcolm Fraser, and on this show, I am joined by the one, the only, Peaches. I don't think she needs any introduction as a musical and social innovator and trailblazer. Uh, she's an old friend of mine and uh, has really been like an like a big sister to me in my musical life. So I try not to get too insider-ish. Uh, at the same time, another thing about Peach is that she has done a lot of uh, press and interviews through the years, and I didn't want to ask uh, the same old questions. So uh, I tried to go deep. I think I succeeded. At any rate, it's an interesting convo with some uh, revelations. I hope you enjoy it, and I'll see you on the other side. Peaches, welcome to the show. Yes, here I am. Here you are. It's a show. Let's do this. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice to uh, to see your face and hear your voice. Always nice to see your face and hear your voice. I'm just. So, what are you up to? You're. Yeah. What am I up to? Yeah, you're in a vocal booth. Are you? Are you like always working? I sleep in the vocal booth. I sleep standing up in it, and then I wake up and I sing. Um, uh, yeah, you know, it's like pandemic-y uh, aftermath, hopefully aftermath or <laughs> pause or whatever it is. Um, and it's funny to like make decisions again, what you want to get into, what you want to do, what is, uh, you know, sure. musically and artistically and also what you can handle because just I'm a bit shell-shocked, I've got to say, you know. So <laughs> I did my first live show last week. How'd that go? Um, it was cool. It was like a, it was a, a festival, more like a theater festival. And we were, I was the opening party and I it was more of an experimental. So I did some I did all new songs and I worked with um, this uh, kind of post-contemporary human sculpture, Greek chorus dance group that um, we've created called Clusterfuck which okay. were part of my anniversary show. And it's like a nine-piece, just human sculpture. The most un-pandemic-friendly sort of <laughs> group performance you could see. So we were excited to get together again. And, um, yeah, we performed last week. Nice. So, yeah. um, Well, it's cool that, that was a, it was a theater festival because I, I wanted to, to talk to you a little bit about, like, your theater background, like your background is, is kind of in theater, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's in theater. Yeah, because, you know, um, I grew up like I didn't really realize that I was musically inclined in a way or that 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 was a possibility. I kind of thought that that was you had to either, you know, start playing music when you were um, little and have all these lessons or have your family be into it and things like that. So I didn't really even clock that you could be a musician or that was, you know, something I could do. Mm -hmm. But what, what I, what I did was listen to a lot of the musical records that were in our house, you know, typical dance around the house, listen to hair, listen to West Side Story, um, listen to, you know, funny lady, stuff like that. So was that your first musical love, is like musical? 
Songs? Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Well, it's I mean, not, it's like... Yeah, it's it's not embarrassing. No, but no, it was like because it's really it tells a story. It helps you, you know, express yourself when you're you know when you're young and you don't really. I mean, I really didn't. I didn't even. I didn't try. I wasn't. I didn't even think that that was being dramatic or. I just gravitated towards it, you know, like my mother loves to tell the story that, you know, we went to see Fiddler on the Roof in the in the uh, movie theater and I just got up in the aisles and started dancing. I don't know what I was dancing to. Like, <laughs> That's amazing. So, I mean, it's cool that you mentioned Hair because I love that musical as well. And I have this memory of you and I like singing songs from Hair in, in, in a car yeah. and Adam Trainer was there and he was just like, just was he totally horrified? Like, <laughs> I was like halfway between horrified and just like confused. Just like why? Are yeah. They, what is happening here, basically? Yeah, there's some of those, you know, really early musical memories that are so deep seated. It doesn't even matter what the song is. It just like meant something to you. Like, um, you know, you know, Mel, I'm old. So AM radio was a thing when I was growing up. And that was a big deal to me because... You know, my my we had records and I would listen to them, but AM radio was on. You know, if it wasn't like listening to CBC news or news shows or as it happens or something like that, it was like AM radio. So like, like nineteen seventy two. Oh my God, do I know every song from AM radio in nineteen seventy two? Yes, it was like so important to me. I used to like. I used to stay, like, for New Year's, when I was, like, five, six, seven, I was always dropped off at my um, grandparents' house. And I used to listen to, um, you know, chum, best of, like, AM radio and write down the top 100 and be so nerdily involved in it by myself. (laughs) Nobody around. I'd be like, oh, shit, that song's number 67. Wow, uh, Michael Rowe, your border shore. Yeah, amazing. Or like groove in on a sunny afternoon. The oh, yeah, top song. One. I th- Yeah, I remember in, in 70, I think, I think it's 73. I think 73 was Love Will Keep Us Together, Captain and Tennille. Great tune. And actually, when I'm ever interviewed, I... I lie when people say, like, what's the first vinyl you ever bought? I always say it was Donna Summer. Um, what is it called? Is it called Hot Stuff? Is that Or Bad Girls. I, I forget the name of the album now. What's the album? Is it called Bad Girls or Hot Stuff? Um, Bad Girls is the album. Yeah, yeah. So Bad Girls, exactly, not Hot Stuff. So, um, so yeah. So that's what you so tell people your first record. I tell was, people because was that was the one that I listened to that my dad had and that, you know, it sounds like a direct lineage into like what I got up to. So, but Captain and Tennille, Love and Keep Us Together was the first album. The truth comes out. You're hearing The truth it. comes out and I would only tell you. Yeah. And we had a lot of 45s, you know, 45s yeah. were big. And um, like, you know, Barbara Streisand was a huge, huge deal in my house. And Bette Midler, this early Bette Midler album, um, uh god maybe it's called friends but okay. um oh it's got I'll some take your really word for it i'm not familiar with yeah. her work at all until her 80s movie work right right which i am not interesting right because she was like she would perform in like gay bathhouses and stuff 
Yeah, she was totally like, you know, crazy powerhouse. Like, you know, she's still very um, outspoken. I feel like Gaga is kind of taking the lineage of like Bette Midler, that kind of, you know. Yeah, I can uh, see that. World, you know what I mean? Like, like just this like old school cabaret, but also like activist, like huge um, queer icon, um, you know, all this stuff. Yeah, but like sure. like on a very on a very you know like uh, on on a very like that became like crossed over to commercial. Yeah, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. I think that I mean I don't know Streisand or Midler's work that much, but it was like what what were they singing? Was it standards? Was it like musical? No, no, they numbers? had their own. Uh, the, okay, so this album that I was obsessed with is called The Divine Miss M. Okay. And um, it was all her own songs. So um, she okay. had, I don't know if you know these songs like, Oh, you got to have friends, the feelings so oh, so strong. Oh, you got, no? Anyway, they no, recently, I... they recently featured it, which is funny. They recently featured it on uh, RuPaul's like final episode for season i guess it's 15 like the top three people they they like lip synced it or which was so weird because i'm like wow but uh, that song is really powerful and beautiful and she has like you know just like real emotional cheesy great songs like that or a song about like being old old friends on a bench you know stuff like that like um or delta dawn i think that you know delta dawn was a you know stuff like that yeah um and you know she she had such insane incredible performances too she was the one that has that like um dance number where she's a mermaid in a wheelchair and then there's like they're all dancing in wheelchairs Mm -hmm. as mermaids which actually gaga kind of did did later on but she had really um you know uh these i'm very drawn to these like cabaret that that uh, like Sub, they're subversive, but they're also really somehow mainstream that happened in the 70s, you know, like yeah. the Liza Minnelli kind of performances, which I wasn't really, um, I wasn't really so into like, uh, I don't really like the, Liza Minnelli is, is fascinating just because they're all, it's all about their commitment too and their intensity. Like, what are yeah. you really intense about? But they're always really intense. It's like, showgirl yeah but um i definitely have that in my blood you know so that's that's part of it so yeah um Um, i I, yeah i think it's interesting because you know the reason why i i asked if they did standards is because when i hear like barbara streisand sing or bette midler or liza minnelli i mean liza minnelli i guess had the direct lineage because julie garland was her mom but like it feels like they they were doing like an early 70s version of like old school music at yes. that time but but giving yeah, it that kind of a, a, a twist which i love that i've talked about this before but like that 70s take on like pre-rock and roll music it's such a weird sandwich of musical styles yeah and then also also the the kind of TV performances that went with it, like the strange sort of variety show, which I'm kind of obsessed with too. Yeah. Well, what about... You know what? Go ahead. Uh Uh-huh. 
No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to ask if either of the, if any of those entertainers had ever been on the Muppet show, because that was like oh, the next level. I'm sure they all have been. I'm sure they all have been. Yeah. Um, must be. I would, that's something we should look up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because that's yeah. another thing that incorporates this old school vaudeville kind of idea. Yeah. Vaudeville and definitely. performance. And mm -hmm. really um, you know, like, I don't, you know, I, I also had that um, idea to do the whole Jesus Christ superstar, you know, yep, as a sort of, of in a way, as a sort of like non, uh, non-religious human story with a, you know, feminist kind of twist in the way that giving the role back to women or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever way you want to, or just like completely um, just me wanting to sing every goddamn song and being like, you know, singing soul, singing like the white man metal, singing very vulnerable, singing like um, as low as possible or as high as possible, you know, just yeah. stretching my voice. But um, why I'm relating that and talking about that now is because um, a few, like um, some years ago, I saw that, you know, and Cher, Sonny and Cher, their, um, their variety show was huge for me. But then, you know, Cher had her own show, which was even more awesome. And she does a v whole version herself of West Side Story. Really? Yeah. Did you, did you know that when you... <laughs> I didn't know that. No. No, it's so funny because then I, I think... I, I, I don't know how many years ago I saw it. But, you know, they do, so, they do some, like, TV trickery where she's, like, every character at the same time or okay. singing to each other. But um, it's all her voice. But it's, you know, she's the Jets and the Sharks and she's the, you know, Maria. And it's, it's amazing. I'm sure. That sounds amazing. But, you know, your yeah. Peaches Christ Superstar performance is is really amazing because there's no trickery. It's just you singing the entire musical solo. Um, yeah, and, uh, it's... For anyone who hasn't seen it, you know, if you have a chance, you, you, you must because it's, uh, it's really something. Yeah, I would love to do that again. It's, it's really amazing that it's taken me to um, far away, beautiful theaters, like really iconic places, you know, like... And it's interesting, the audience reaction how different it is in each country. I bet. So like, yeah, like I did it, uh, I was part of a repertoire in um, in Munich, in Southern Germany. And um, so I, I don't know how many times I did it there, but the thing is, is like I would sing a song and there would be silence after every song. I'd be like, I am bombing, I am bombing, this is ridiculous. And then I, there would be the... the um, intermission and I come back same thing every song bomb oh god damn it just keep going and then at the end I got like six standing ovation encores you know wow. and it's like okay. oh they're taking this real seriously <laughs> like they are quiet through they're trying to like you know that's that's the German way and then yeah. when I when I went into America they were so casual about it it'd be like You'd hear the song start like, dan, 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 dan. they'd be like, yeah, what's that buzz? Yeah. And they'd be like, you know, having their own like, when you like memories a, or. Uh... Yeah, their own memories. But what's the word? It starts with an R. I'm like so brain fog right now. 
yeah, whatever. I don't know why we we can't think of the word, but um, yeah, they're having the nostalgia. Yeah, it starts yeah. with an R. They're having, <laughs> they're having their own nostalgic, amazing, and they're like, yeah, go peaches, yeah. And it doesn't really even matter. Like it's more casual in this cabaret. Like just sing it because we love it anyway. You know. Yeah. And they'd yeah, be like awesome. cheering and screaming before the songs. Yeah, that's yeah. and then in and then in yeah, and then in Australia, it was so they were laughing the whole time because they really have no, you know, reverence to whatever the religious parts are in it, whether they're you know supposed to be um, blasphemous or just like trying to tell the story. But they were just like, yeah. ah, ha, ha. Peaches said this, ah, like in the middle of it, you know. So it was really. And then England was like, this is our musical. And they'd be like, really, you know, just like proud, but that's hilarious. clapping after every song. Yeah. So it was so, interesting. So you grew up listening to musicals and, and all that kind of stuff. And then like later on, you were a folky, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I remember you telling me a story and, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing something you said. Tell me if I'm wrong. But as I remember, you said that. You were the kind of person who would like seize an acoustic guitar at a party and play me and Bobby McGee. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> yeah, and then I was really into like Michelle Shock and I like, uh-huh. you know, campfire tapes and I'd like, you know, love to play those or, yeah, and I'd gravitate to like, I don't know, I'd, if, if some guys were playing like Pink Floyd, I'd be like harmonizing, like wish you were here or whatever. Sure. <laughs> yeah, but it was also like another way of me saying like, oh, I can get involved in music. You know, it was a bit more of a uh, kind of uh, organic, I guess, way of like, oh, this is easy. I'm now making music, you know. In the yeah, same way, sure. yeah, in the same way that the musicals were presented to me and all the those things. So I never kind of forgot theater and musicals. And I must say that it was much more, um, not in the musical sense, but theater was, was much more, uh, like, important to me than music was in, like, things like junior high because I... Um, I, I didn't play an instrument. I didn't join a choir, but um, somehow... There were theater opportunities that were a bit more. You didn't have to have the skills or whatever. So, um, well, you, you yeah, say but that, then but I've but, always thought that your, I mean, your voice is so is so amazing, and you're you're capable of doing amazing things with it. You just sometimes choose to do to do other yeah. things with it. Right, right. No, but I'm just saying, like, to play an instrument and stuff like that, uh-huh. I didn't realize that, you know, you could just do it and you can learn it and then you'd be part of it. That's where you learn it, you know? Or maybe mm-hmm. I was just lazy, whatever. Maybe I was just too hyperactive. And so theater was a little more like, oh, I can have more control over it, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. So, but, you know, during after school or, you know, in the, in the smoking area that you used to have in the junior high and high school, just hanging out and playing acoustic guitar or or finally picking it up and um playing it and learning songs was like a was was big for me you know to know how to do that and um then i just started to write a few songs you know after obsessively listening to like you know joni mitchell blue or court and spark or you know um 
I loved like Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, you know, I don't know what they were saying or if it related to me at all, but I liked the harmonies, you know. Yeah. I learned yeah, how to sing harmonies. I had a friend, Julia, Julia Rosenberg. She had a great voice and I remember her playing piano one day and she, she said, let's harmonize. And I was like, what is that? What is harmony? Like she taught me. She was like, this is harmony, you know. And um, she was the only, uh, you know, female identified person I knew that was in any sort of musical configuration in high school, which was she was like a backup singer in like a cover band from boys from another school because she was such a good singer. And they let her sing one song. They let her sing For Your Love by um, the Yardbirds. And so like that was my new favorite song because like they let, you know, I, I would quickly start to get excited local heroes or anybody doing things around me that, wow, you can do this. You know what I mean? Yeah, for this sure. Idea. For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and you passed that on, honestly, because like by the time we met, you were sort of mm-hmm. like a cool Queen Street rocker. And, and uh, I remember <laughs> like I actually saw you perform with the shit like before we met and I met you like right after the show and I saw the shows at the Cameron house and I was so blown away. I was just like, this is the best thing I've ever, the best band I've ever seen. And I, I went up to you, I was with the guys from my band, rock and roll, bad boy express. And we were like, Hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. That was awesome. And you were like, yeah, you guys are going to open for us. Right. So it was like right <laughs> after Rock and roll, bad boy express. <laughs> yeah, but I just loved, I always loved how after blowing my mind, like the first thing you did was like basically offer me like a place on the same stage. Which I always thought that was really cool. Yeah, we, we were, yeah, why not? It's, it was a community and it was, let's share it. Let's, you know, you get uh, a vibe from people. And I mean, sure. you were, uh, yeah, so... So how did you go from folky to like the kind of like rock and roll thing that you were doing at that time? Um, well, so folky was, I kind of fell into also, I had a girlfriend who also played acoustic guitar and she got a, um, a gig opening up for a comedian friend of ours, Diane Flack, Diane Flax, um, at, at this bar that was you know well known for more acoustic uh acoustic bands uh the cabana room at this hotel on king street and that's mm-hmm. where like the sky diggers had you know like a weekly gig and then the bare naked ladies and i guess they were looking for an opening slot and we opened up uh, me and uh, andy d and we were doing our own songs and singing harmonies on each other's like I, she actually got the gig and i'm like oh can i sing with you you know i can i've got a few songs too let's work it out and um we had a lot of friends you know uh and they came so the bar was like we want to play here every week and we're like yeah so all of a sudden i was in a band uh, an acoustic band um so I kind of fell into that, but but it was great for like song. You know, we, there was another uh, friend, Joseph Greenbaum, and then he called himself Joe Moon. But and then uh, he said, you know, I taught you to play guitar, and we spent a lot of hours smoking pot and playing guitar. So I'm in your band now too because I write songs. And I'm like, okay, fine. So it was the three of us, and um, we had quite a following. So we just it was just kind of like 
learning to play and and harmonizing and singing each other's songs and pushing, you know, getting together three times a week and um, having an audience. And then I I was kind of like, this isn't my audience. This isn't my music. I don't feel like I'm satisfied. I didn't feel satisfied. So after, I guess, like a year and a half, we had done some recordings and things like that. I was just like, I'm, I, I got to leave. I'm not doing this. So, And then um, I just started to explore. I, I um, started to explore playing electric guitar. I was working with a friend, uh, Ian Sinclair, who, you know, played bass. He had been in uh, some really cool bands. And um, uh, we just started to, you know, write together. And, and um, nobody liked my band. I never had more than 10 people at a show. Um, but that was okay for me, you know, but it was really like a kind of, <laughs> you know, on the local scene, a hard time because people would be like, you left that band for this? What are you doing? You know, but for me, it was a good, good exploration. And, um, yeah. And that was just like telling stories like about just whatever stories about like frustrated parking lot attendants or like, um, aging flight attendants or, you know, my own wishing that I was famous or, you know, stuff like that. Just pages from the diary or just observations. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a cool project too. And so I remember like when we when we knew each other, like in the late 90s in Toronto, there was this kind of legendary party at, I think at your place, where where you had like one of those CD players that played multiple CDs. Do you remember remember those? Like you put five different CDs in and it would rotate between them. Oh, okay, right. And I, I don't know what all the CDs were, but I know that you had Atari Teenage Riot and Bikini yeah. Kill were both right, in right. there. And it seemed like you were like, I, I just, in my mind, that you were like setting the stage for the next, the next chapter or something with that crazy aggressive yeah. music. Yeah, it was funny because it was it went from like you know, PJ Harvey, and then I remember she did, uh, is this desire, and it had like tiny smatterings of like electronics, a little bit of, de- and I was like, she maybe she's gonna go electronic, maybe this is like a thing, and I remember hearing Alaska's first album, you know, they used that little drum machine at the beginning of the song, I was like, maybe they're gonna go electronic, like. That'd be cool. We add electronics, you know, things like that. And then mm-hmm. I heard Atari Teenage Riot, and also the first Daft Punk album was just like yep, that yep. song, Scratch, Scratching and Rolling, is like one of my number one influences. Just that it's so minimal and just so like just taking the filter, like it's just like three notes, and then you just like filter, 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 you know. Um, yep, yep. So, so, so my love for which has nothing to do with musicals, really, but my love for, like, this how hard can you be with as minimal as you can be, which I think is kind of sometimes, it, without the solos, that's metal, right? Because it's mm-hmm. just, like, these, like, you know, the mo- or, or ACDC, for that matter, you know? I love Vince Clark. Vince yeah. Clark is, is the guy who does Erasure, but I fucking love his early work, which was with Alison Moyet, and they did... Um, Yaz. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which is that was pretty cool. which is one of my favorite eighties because it's like electro soul music, you know, like mm-hmm. really. And then um and also the early um he produced the early 
Depeche Mode albums, which I love. Like I really find, yeah, you know, me too. the, you know, the early Depeche Mode albums are so close to the Kraftwerk, you know, like this kind of, mm. it's kind it's of so like, poppy too. it's so poppy and like, they're like little sounds, but somehow they really are effective. Like, it's not a big sound when you think about um, Kraftwerk, but there's just like these little, I don't know what it is. It, it doesn't sound like a toy, but it sounds perfect as it is, and it's just what it is. Yeah. Well, I always think, like, you know, I have, I have a six-year-old son, so I think right. that, like, obviously, like, a complex adult way of responding to music is, is good. But, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you, but, but uh, like, if you put on uh, ACDC or Kraftwerk, um, or like I'm trying to think, or I don't know, maybe the Beatles, or like c certain other examples. Like you just th there's music that just speaks di speaks directly mm -hmm. to the soul or something. Like if I put on, like if you put on, we are the robots. Like there's Does no this kid, start to like robot it? Yeah, there's no kid in the world that's not going to perk up and just be like, "What is this? This is cool." You know that's what I mean? so awesome. Yeah, yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah, I don't know if I really have a grand theory there. I was grasping at something, but I, I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. It's time for the twerky later. So, yeah, I, and you know, Bikini Kill was a no-brainer, of course. Like, you know, this they just really worked. And I was also really interested in more, like, experiment. Like, I remember really loving Pussy Galore. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that? But yeah, because they're just, like, so messy or, like, Royal Trucks. Royal Trucks was a little more... Um, sloppy and heroiny but um like pussy galore was like energy and like screaming like fuck you know and stuff like that which i think you and i have a, a love for in in terms of like how we would kind of jam together for sure for sure <laughs> you know which was really an exciting outlet too to have you know how our our sort of weird relationship with like incidental um you know synthesizer music where we just don't you know if we don't go anywhere we don't give a fuck we'll just do it for hours and have yeah. a great time you know <laughs> totally. uh, hence yeah. hence santa <laughs> yeah it's true yeah for those unfamiliar which is basically everyone uh, santa was a, <laughs> a, a short-lived uh project i think we only did three gigs um, and it was me and Peaches and my brother, Nick. And it was like, we did some songs. We did some like embryonic Peaches songs and a few embryonic uh -huh. like world provider or permanent stains songs. But a lot of it was just like straight up noise. Just like yeah. you had these contact mics and we put them on our throats. And That's kind of like, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was yeah it's, it's like, it's like, it's like noise, noise music university. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so I, I wanted to talk to you about something you mentioned because like, uh, around that time, like, I mean, okay, we, we, uh, you're a few years older than me, but I, I, I grew up, I came of age in the eighties when like, it was cool. Everyone used synths, like cool bands, yeah. mainstream bands, every, all the rock bands used synths. But then at some point it became uncool to, to use synths. And there was this kind of schism between the electronic world and the rock world um yeah and i don't know if that if anyone really cares about that today but i remember like no. in the early 2000s there was this kind of explosion of people combining 
you know, uh, a sort of synth sound with a more rock or punk kind of attitude. And you were very much a part of that whole explosion. And then like, it yeah, that was, that got... was my whole thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was all I wanted. How to, how to make rock, how to make dance. I was always like, I want to make dance people rock and rock people dance. Well, I mean, you definitely succeeded in that. Um, but uh, in the end, it kind of got like, uh, I don't want, I don't know how, how I could say this, like sort of tarred with the brush of like the term electro clash. And all of a sudden it was like, it, it was like, really cool for five minutes and then it was like a dirty word that nobody wanted to like be associated with and i always thought that was kind of a shame because um and i couldn't figure out well i guess there were some like subpar acts associated with it, it maybe that was the bottom line or that it seemed like just a a corny marketing term or something but at the time it was exciting to combine those things and oh yeah. I don't know that, if anyone and, wants to admit it, but it was kind of it was very cool and fun for a minute there. Well, Electro Clash became like New Rave, which became, you know, the, the, they were all the same things, but then, you know, what was interesting about Electro Clash, it was like also headed all mostly by women. It was like Chicks on yeah. Speed, Miss Kitten, um Tracy and the Plastics, um, you know, uh uh La Tigra, Peaches. And we didn't live in the same city. It was like this weird zeitgeisty of like, let's be very, you know, direct, either politically or sexually. And let's um, not feel like we have to follow um, these um, electronic, like, kind of beautiful soundscapes. Not And not to put that down. And, you know, there's like some incredible recordings like you know, like Portishead or, you know, like that's a whole yeah. beautiful thing. But this was just not that, obviously, and very rooted in, in performance. And um, uh, it was definitely exciting. And, um, you know, uh, I, at the time I was like, ew, Electric Clash, what are they doing? But, you know, I, I, I stand by it because it became it became kind of the standard for things. And, um, you know, sadly, it, it turned out in the end now it's like, EDM <laughs> you know yeah. like it's just started to get further and further with the technology you could have that it would just kind of fuse together and be this kind of almost perverse hard sounds that became sort of euro trashy that on top of it all and it just um yeah didn't didn't have that sort of punkiness if you will yeah yeah it's kind of like it's always a bit of a of a mystery to me like the fall of electro clash like it's 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 like a one of those like could have been stories like could have been yeah but i think all those yeah but i mean all those could have been just it it just became something else it was just like at that time and now it's you know can you name some genres new genres now besides like um you know like k-pop you know i mean i don't know if i can uh (laughs) but i know people right right Because we old, but no, no, but I, but are they even, you know, that's just like all so mixed up and, and in probably in a good way, you know, but just like things are quite different. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So this is a question that I always ask to all the guests on the show, but like, is there any music that you just can't get with? Oh my God. Who's going to hear this? (laughs) (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.
well, you know, it's uh, all I can say about the audience of this show is that it's like the coffee. You know, those who like it like it a lot. Um, yeah, there is. Is emo rock? I can't fucking get into like some forty one or any of that. You can't, right? You that's kind of no, well, like some whiny world song that is great. Yeah. They just take some time to. There's always a there's all there's always one that, you know there's always a song that's yeah. gonna like. No, no, I mean I I'm I'm with you. That's that's like music that like as soon as I hear it I want to turn it off. Like something about the the vocal style whiny and vocal and the guitar style yeah. and um, yeah, so. Um, and, nee, and nee, sort of nee, like, nee. Yeah, <laughs> it's it vocally and melodically it always reminds me of like children taunting each other on the playground like nah, 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 nah. which is like, really you know uh deep in your gut and will be will um grab people for sure yeah That's true. <laughs> now that you put, put, say that i just like tried to make that point myself so i can't really deny it um but yeah no uh the, the emo uh the emo rock thing i find it hard to understand but it, you know i think a lot of that is just generational yeah yeah I, I, i'm sure it is i mean it's funny because what was it i was hanging out with like i don't know 23 year old and a and you know a 38 year old and whatever 40 year old and we were all just hanging out friends and we were listening to some like rock songs and they were like it was to them the 21 year old was just like what is this music like <laughs> Hey, this, that's the name of a podcast. Like, what? Yeah, well, it's like guitar. They said some description that I was like, "Whoa!" Like, this really means nothing to you, and that's awesome. But you know, but it really Do you remember means. Remember what it was you were you were listening to? Um, I. It was really like some classic rock thing. I think. Yeah, some classic rock, but they were just like, ooh, this is old for no reason. It does not sound good. This doesn't sound good. It's just, you know, because you listen to some of those and it's like you're, listen, you're, you're used to a certain kind of recording. Some of them have great charm and, you know, like listen to old Bowie albums. And you're like master of, you know, production. and But some of them you're just like, well, this, <laughs> this doesn't sound like they wished it would sound if they had the equipment they could have now, you know. For sure. Well, I mean, every era has its kind of like blind spots or something. Mm -hmm. Like I always just think like people in the 80s, the way they heard things was just like affected by doing too much cocaine. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that all culminated if we can bring it back to musicals to Xanadu, the most coked uh -huh. up musical ever. Do you know Xanadu at all? I, I mean, I know the song. And I, you, you need, yeah. I remember like mm -hmm. maybe watching the movie on TV. It was weird because it had, mm -hmm. wasn't, uh, who's that guy? It's Olivia Newton-John, but also one of the famous, like, you know, taking it back again to that 70s throwback, Gene Kelly. Oh, you mean Gene Kelly? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Gene Kelly, yeah, they brought him. Yeah, because they were trying to make this futuristic musical thing. But if you watch this, the... Um, the part of the mus the the musical where they sing Xanadu the whole uh -huh. song, it's so coked up. It's crazy. They go through every era and every kind of style and everything. It's really like 
what the fuck were you thinking? Because you were just like, and then we're going to turn them into cowboys. And then everybody's going to be covered in water. And then there's going to be fire. And then there's a, you know, it's just like, you can see it on YouTube. Just watch that. It's really, really amazing to see and know why the 80s fell because of (laughs) cocaine. (laughs) This like cocaine fueled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So do you, I wonder, like, I'm sure this is, this is true, but I wonder what tropes of today will be have people rolling their eyes at, at, in later in later days um yeah that's uh that's hard for me to know because my perspective is so you know confused with my age yeah. and my my um but it, it's 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 like <laughs> like guitars are back for like a week and then they're gone again it's yeah. funny well the, the the trend cycles go so fast that i almost think that like being ahead of the curve is like almost the same as being behind at this point. Like you might as well just might as well just do your thing. That's exactly it. You just gotta fucking do what you want to do on on that week. If that week you want to like reference K-pop and um, Burt Bacharach mixed with you know like some Forty One guitars, that's what you're doing. You know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I and you think... may not even know you're doing that. Yeah. Well, you're one of the great mixers, you know, as we've as we've just laid out, like, you know, from from musicals to to folk to indie rock to electro and then putting it all in the blender. It's a it's a good result. All right. (laughs) But um, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. It's always fun. Yeah. Thank you. It's great to see your face. Yeah. And I hope that we can. catch up in real life sometime. I want to see this, uh, I want to see your new musical production. Uh-huh. Is that going to travel at any point? Um, probably not because it's just too damn huge. So, mm. so I, so I got to get over there to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be a new version of it by the time you get over here. There'll be Great. something for you to see. Always something. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again. Okay. Love you, Mel. Love you too. That's our show. Thank you very much for listening. If you like what you hear, uh, don't forget, you can always show your appreciation by giving us a rating, leaving a review, or passing it on to anyone you think might be interested. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. I thank you always for tuning in, and we'll see you next time for more What Is This Music? <laughs>